Welcome to episode 54 of On Air, the Ohio Hockey Digest podcast. The Ohio Hockey Digest is a foremost location for hockey in Ohio, covering every level from youth and high school to juniors, college and pro. Articles written to keep the hockey community up to date on all that happening with hockey in Ohio. My name is Tim Sullivan. I'm joined by Jason Lewandowski, Scott Harrington, and producer Dan Humphrey. With On Air, we are bringing you fresh content and adding voices, names, and faces to interesting people making the Ohio hockey community better. Well, last week, I didn't have a chance, but Lev, you and Scott had a chance uh, to touch base with a pair of franchises in the growing United States Premier Hockey League. Uh, you guys spoke with co-owner Marty Kerr and head coach Jordan Romer from the Wooster Oilers and head coach Nate Handrahan of the Columbus Mavericks. What was that conversation like? It was great. Um, both of those teams, um, and also they've, they've added the team in Cincinnati, the USPHL this year, and they've already signed a bunch of uh, Ohio kids. But both of those franchises, I don't have the exact numbers, but most of their roster was Ohio kids. Um, and in most cases, they are kids that have graduated. They, they had a few instances where there was a kid in his senior year um, when played. But um, it's really uh, between the uh, showcases that they have in that league and also the affiliations with the teams up in the Tier 2 uh, NCDC, um, it's a great opportunity for kids in, in Ohio, in and around Ohio, to play, you know, get into the, into the system there and have a chance to work your way up. Um, the scouts from the hockey schools aren't going to be at the tier three games out in Ohio, but if you go to a showcase in Boston, or if you get called up to the NCDC, um, you're going to be seen by those, uh, high profile programs in those instances. I think a couple of things that, uh, coaches and ownership both talked about last week was this is an option. Uh, it can be a start. It can be an end. It's an option. It's a great option. It's somewhere they, they, they both coaches were very honest uh, in dealing with their players in dealing with what they were about. Uh, Coach Romer, a lot of excitement going on in Wooster, played there, now coaching there. Uh, Coach Hanrahan in Columbus, um, just, just super positive guys that are doing a lot of work. They're doing it the right way. It was uh it was just, it was, I mean, again, we, we're, we're in the best sport in the world and there are a lot of great people sprinkled throughout and, and there, there, there are more great people than not. And when you find those people, you get a chance to talk to them, you know, the excitement going on in Worcester where, you know, coach Romer talks about uh, being in a grocery store and being recognized. And, and coach Hanrahan talks about, you know, guys getting a call up and never coming back. Right. So, I mean, it, it tier three junior is a movement vehicle it's how you look at it. And, and there are great people in great spots helping kids develop and grow into the players that they want to be post high school. And, and I don't want to say that, you know, I don't wish well for any other state's kids, but it's nice that um, these programs are in good hands and it's giving Ohio kids opportunities to continue to play. And that's what, it, again, we talk about the growth every day. So that's good stuff. So well, that was, that was, a, I, I'm sorry, I missed that. It sounded like an awesome conversation. So, um, well, we're entering summer. So what's going on with you guys, Danny, how you been, buddy? I am, uh, I'm good. Um, Danny, I've seen some crazy ass pictures of your green thumb going on over at your house, man. I, I have, I'm addicted to gardening now. Denise, my lovely wife makes fun of me. Um, do you have an irrigation system? 
No, but I've I've been looking into them. You've been tinkering, haven't you? The the drip irrigation is catching my eye. Uh, my latest <laughs> um, thing that's been running through my head is I would love to plant some asparagus, but it's where do I put it because it'll be there for the next thirty years. What? Um, oh, yeah. So it's asparagus. You don't know any of this. So asparagus is you know it's a perennial. It's it's a year long growth. Uh, it's uh, it's yeah. you plant it. It's gonna take. It takes you know two to three years before you really can get a good production out of it. But if you care for it the way it's you know meant to be, which according to Papa Hump, when it's dead, you just run it over with the lawnmower and it grows back every year. Um, true, though, true. Isn't it true, Danny? Isn't tie it the true? chicken around the dog's neck. <laughs> isn't it true that you let it grow up and then you break it off? And yes. And you let it regrow again until it it, it runs its, it It runs its life. And yeah. there was, true story, my grandpa, so you know the house that my dad lives in. Yeah. That's the house my dad grew up in. So my grandpa planted asparagus along the one side garden there. And up until a couple years ago is when it finally died. So, I mean, it grew for 30 plus years. My dad had no garden and it just every year he had asparagus growing in the backyard. Would, would you guys eat it? Oh, I'll, yes. All the time. All the time. This is Scott. Scott, you got to see the look on Scott's face over here for our listeners. Danny's not joining us live tonight. He's, uh, I'm, at I'm his okay, house. He's on location as well. So, um, but wait, well, he's a smart one with the glass of wine. Yeah. A- anyhow, um, well, that's good. Well, good luck with that. Let us know if you if you get some asparagus in the ground. Okay, I will. Don't don't you worry. Scott, when do you go hiking? Nine days. And I was just telling Lev I hurt my foot. Oh training, no! Training uh, last weekend. You know the stairs at Huntington. Yeah. Beach. Yeah. Up to the concession stand. Right. 30 times with my pack up those stairs, oh around, back down, back up. And I felt like a million bucks ready to take on the world. And then I went home for a little bit and got up and uh, my toe was just killing me. I don't know what I did. How long uh, ago, how long ago did this happen? This was uh, turf Sunday. Toe. Turf toe. And it's today's Tuesday and it's still yeah, bad it still shape. It still hurts. Yeah. I'm a little worried. Did you tried to try taping it or. Maybe we should lop. Maybe next week we should lop it off. <laughs> it, it is sweeps week. Let's do it. Ronnie Lock did that to his finger. Come on, we can do that. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll. Uh, I, I don't think it's gonna. It wouldn't stop me from going or anything. No, but make me miserable. Okay. All right. Well, nine days. So we'll get one more show before you go. Yeah. Oh, that's. Oh, you think he's missing Portland? Good God, no. Oh, you just you just screwed up our teaser, man. Is there about it last week? Yeah, we talked about. It. Oh, okay, all right. There is there any way, Scott, when you're um, hiking, to do a, a nice quick call-in? Do you think you'll have service at all? I am go stand on top of a hill. I have been told to expect that I am off the grid for right. twelve days. Here's the deal: I need you to climb. I mean, you're you're obviously training for hills. You need to get to the top of that hill to get good cell service, so you can call it. I don't think it matters. We're in the middle of nowhere. There's no service out there. So we get to do a show with no supervision. Ooh, two two of them. When do you leave? What's the dates? I leave on the 17th. I'm not back until July 1st, I think. Oh. For a second. Ding, ding. (laughs) Lovey, what's going on with you, buddy? Oh, not a whole lot. You know, enjoying the nice summer weather. Uh, My son played uh, flag football. 
this spring and, and it was entertaining at, at best. And, and I just like to run down a couple things I overheard uh, at the old flag football field on Saturday mornings uh, down near my house. Okay. What time are we talking? Uh, we're Saturday talking morning. 9 a.m. Okay. 9 a.m. So, so here's the best part. So you get a chance to coach and, and you hear parents and they say their, their things and, and it is what it is. It's, I get it. You love your kid and you, you want the best for him. And well, you're at a flag football, my son's six. And these were things that I overheard while uh, standing on the side of the field there. I don't want to call it sideline because it wasn't uh, stand on the side of the field. I heard uh, one parent say, we need to get a better blocking scheme. Now let me clue you guys in. It's five on five. I'm not oh, sure. Oh, it's not even seven on seven. Oh, no, good God. No, no, five on five. Five on five. Actually, most days it was four on four because some guys couldn't make it. So, so we need we need a better, better block, blocking scheme. Blocking scheme. <laughs> so then I heard one uh, came from the opposite side of the field. Uh, I'm not saying that it was the opposing team, but mind you, it's the same two in our area. It's the same two teams that have played for six weeks straight. So you play the same team. Yeah. And then last week, which would be week seven, they had a bowl game. So they played a, a another team from a, a neighboring town. They were bowl eligible. Oh, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It was all NCAA uh, uh, sanctioned. So we had it at a, a turf football field uh, near our house there, and and uh, kids had a blast. Absolutely, it's, it's a blue field, and so there's blue end zones. And so my son walks. He goes, "How do they make the grass blue?" This is what we're dealing with. Six years old. How do they make the grass blue? I'm like, "Well, that's not really grass, but well, well, it looks like grass." So that's what we're dealing with. Okay. Okay. Need a better blocking scheme. I had, I heard one. Good run. Give them more shake and bake. I like that one. <laughs> I like that one a lot. So then there was uh, then there was the the referee for this uh, this organization. Uh, it's just a guy that comes out and you know they get basic things. Somebody yells out, "You got to make the call, stripes." But my favorite. They hand the ball off. There's no throwing. There's no passing in a six-year-old game. So it's, so it's hike, hand the ball, kid runs. End of story. My favorite on that, run the other way. So the kid's getting chased, so he just takes off. And the one kid just left the ball, and he ran through a soccer field. He ran through a t-ball uh, game going on. He, the kid just knew he was getting chased. And then uh, stick to the game plan. I didn't know there was one, but based on what I watched, it's a gong show. It's fantastic. Stick to the game plan. Uh, don't be a daisy picker. Yeah, you know, I've heard that before. Yeah, that, that one's a good one. That one's a good you, you find you find the daisy pickers in the outfield of the T ball games. Oh god, there's ball just, players and there's daisy pickers. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that one before. And my favorite my kid is a daisy picker. <laughs> <laughs> when when the grandparents show up, okay. So there was a guy, a good sized guy, a big boy. And uh I overheard him talking to a friend of his, and, and he gives you old. <sighs> I played a little bit of semi-pro ball in my day. <laughs> Six years old, flag football. He played a little bit of semi-pro ball in his day. And I, I, I have to admit, I, when I heard that one, I was in earshot of that one. And, and I started laughing out loud. And I actually, I think I texted you and <laughs> yeah. said, D -d 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 you're not going to believe this yeah. stuff I'm hearing here. It's out of control. I think uh, uh, Boise State has the blue um, field. Sounds right. And I read this article and I don't know how true this is or not, but I read this article that they were having problems with ducks and geese Think try, it's thinking water. it's water trying to land on it. And they just come in, they come in hot all of a sudden <laughs> they just roll right through the thing. That's I, and, and again, I can't confirm that I read it. I mean, I read it online somewhere. So they have, this is made me think of something else. I've got a guy I work with who, once a week, he's in with a group that walks around downtown and picks up dead birds. And they catalog what, what birds are. 
so they had the birds fly into the building right so they do things with trying to get people to leave some lights on turn some off the biggest bird killer in northeast ohio is the new addition to gun on the oh all the mirrors or the glass yeah it's just boom Littered. piles of dead birds <laughs> outside <laughs> that <laughs> yeah it's bad because if you look at the picture like looking down uh what would that be huron <coughs> Yeah, so. at, a, yeah. at the right time of day, yeah, you can't even. It just blends right in. Really? Yeah, and birds are just bang. Wow. We we, we got to go there sometime and yeah. just watch. This I got to go with him one day because he that's his thing. He goes out early on Sunday mornings or something, walks around and picks up dead birds. And I, what's he doing? Some people were asking him about it. I'm like, the really time consuming part is doing the little chalk outline around the bird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, so this guy gets up on Sunday morning. And he goes to pick up dead birds. He does. And Did someone put the lotion on the skin or gets the hose again. <laughs> oh man. Well, I uh, I had an yeah, I had an interesting two weeks, and I, I, I so um, my youngest daughter is a thir- thirteen year old. She plays volleyball, and uh, um, they were in they were at this big tournament. It was called the Windy City, and it's usually in Chicago. But Chicago um, wouldn't let gatherings. So they moved the 13s and 14s uh, and 15s to Indianapolis. And then they moved the 16s, 17s, and 18s to St. Louis. Okay. So this was a bid tournament. A bid tournament is if you win your age group, and there's like 100 and some teams there. If you win your age group, you get a bid to the national tournament. So um, just the one that uh, years ago was at Lucas Oil. Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, well, that wasn't the Windy City, but that was also a yeah, big yeah, tournament, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, <laughs> they won the tournament at her age group, thirteen. So they got a bid to the national tournament. So okay, I'm like, well, didn't see that one coming, but okay. Well, it gets a little dicey here. So I am scheduled to be at a conference in Las Vegas, July 5th through the 10th. The national tournament is June 28th through July 4th in Las Vegas. I will now be in Vegas for 13 straight days. I was going to say the the first part was two days too long to be in Las Vegas, Nevada. And now you're going to be there. How many days? 13. 13 days. Nobody's ever been in Vegas for 13 days. <laughs> no, that's no. Jail. They've been, no. they've been there in jail. I mean, come on. Even the players don't live in like, Vegas. So my, my wife said that she was going to fly out on. So actually, I'm sorry. Their tournament ends on July 3rd. So she's, and I'm supposed to be flying out there normally on July 5th. I told her I'll fly back home and then fly back out there July 5th. She's like, well, why would you do that? I go, I got to get the hell out of that city. After six or seven days, Tom Jones is out. I got to get out of here. For <laughs> <him>. I, <laughs> nobody's staying there for two yeah. weeks straight. 13 straight days. So I'm, I'm happy as hell for her because it's a, it's a great accomplishment for her to qualify. But how many, what's your game? What's your, uh, his, yeah, hey, yeah. by the way, his Airbnb is a offshoot of Wayne Newton's house. <laughs> what is my game? Just yes. <laughs> I like craps. I like blackjack. I like Mississippi stud. I like, I like it all. 
Are you planning on blackjack? You lose your money the slowest. I don't know about that, Scott, because last time I was in Vegas, uh, which was years ago, I ordered a Bud Light. And by the time she get, got me Bud Light, I was already down 125 bucks. <laughs> so it was the most expensive Bud Light I've ever drank in my entire life. Yeah. Um, it's also going to be 120 degrees there as well. Middle of, of July. Not in the party pit, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are, are, are With all that time, Ooh, sorry, sorry. I know there's no way. Well, there is. There actually, I've been with you there. So I know there is a way that you could sit there for 13 days. But are you planning on like, playing some golf, maybe taking in a show, maybe blue man tickets or something. Going well, I, so the tournament will, will be very time consuming, which will be good. Mm-hmm. Right. So that'll be good. So that'll go June 29th through July 3rd. So that, that'll be good. That'll take some time from me. Um, my conference that I'm going to is, is, I mean, it's an eight to four every day uh, conference. So I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not playing golf at four o'clock in the afternoon. Eight to four. So about nine o'clock, you guys are teeing off. Is that how it's working? No, it, it'd actually probably be seven because it gets so damn hot around that time. So um, the school that I work at is sending me to the National Discipline Conference uh, for Educators in Vegas. A discipline conference in Vegas for educators. That's a test. I, I told him. I said, you, I said, you guys are testing me. Yeah. Like you're doing, I'm, you're doing something. There's somebody going to be down there following me and filming me. I just hope somebody calls you. How's the conference? Wheel of fortune. <laughs> Win great prizes. Like, what's that? Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two Bud Lights. <laughs> so, yeah, so that that was my, what happened in this past week and a half. It was kind of a whirlwind of uh, um, change of events for me. So a lot of people would say, ah, that timing, that worked out perfect. Oh, yeah. But no. Oh, no. So, so I've, I've told working. people this, like, we were in uh, uh, we were in uh, Columbus for a tournament this uh, Sunday, and I was telling people on our team, I'm like, yeah, this is that. Like, oh, that's great. I thought you were going to tell me that it was the same time uh, as Nationals. I'm like, no, people, you don't understand. Like, I, I may not return. Like, I may not. So. And you, um, when you're down there, post up at one of the pool bars or something and do a live episode? Oh, I don't know, man. Scott may Scott's look, looking at me like no. <laughs> Listen, I can, you thought the car ride in Florida was a <laughs> was a crapshoot. Holy, I'm overdue actually for a trip to Vegas. Are you? Yeah, I haven't been in there in a long time. My wife was pregnant actually last time. I went oh, jeez, <laughs> jeez. So then we're it, you know Vegas has a way of uh, your common sense. You know, I'm a no. level headed guy. Yeah. You know, I, no, I don't, I don't, I, I mean, yes, you are, but that right. place just takes it all away. From but me. I remember, you know, so I'm calling, this is, uh, we're, we haven't been married long. My, my wife was actually pregnant with my son. I go to the airport to fly back. She asked me how much money I lose. My instincts kick in again. Mrs. Harrington doesn't listen to this podcast. So. <laughs> my instincts kick in and I lie to her and I tell her about a third of what I lost <laughs> yes. and she starts crying. Oh, jeez. <laughs> And I go, that's not good. So I'm sitting there in the airport. My flight's delayed. And there's a bank of slot machines. Absolutely. Like, Problem solved. I'll just win it back. <laughs> no. We went no to- that's not normally the thought process that I would yeah, go right. through. But after four days in Vegas, I'm like, oh, no, I, I'll just get some money out of that machine there. Yeah, right. Yeah, those things aren't ATM machines. No. 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 We went no. to Vegas one time, and I had uh, 
enough money to play with for four days. That's how long we were there. Uh, one day too long. Day one, five hours in, <laughs> Levy is eating ice cream for the next two days because he can't afford to play a damn thing and still needs to get back to Cleveland. <clears throat> so, so yeah, so that's what's going on. Um, and I'll keep you guys uh, updated. Uh, my first half of the trip, I'm, I'm staying at MGM. And then the second half, I'm staying at Caesars. So should be fun. Should be fun. Stop I'm really hoping Newton's house. I'm really hoping that that the Vegas Knights are playing, uh, still playing then. That would be great. So, well, that's good stuff, guys. Let's see what's in the news of the Ohio Hockey Digest. Rocky Rivers, Charlie Gerard went boom, 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 tuck four times on June 5th to lead the Utah Grizzlies past the Fort Wayne Comets, six nothing in their regular season finale. The outburst allowed Gerard to finish his rookie season with 20 goals in 49 East Coast Hockey League games. He also appeared in eight games with the Colorado Eagles of the American Hockey League. Gerard and the Grizzlies now turn their attention to the Kelly Cup playoffs with a best-of-five first-round matchup against the Allen Americans. Columbus native Kiefer Sherwood made his NHL debut June 4th in Game 3 of Colorado's second-round series against Las Vegas. Sherwood collected an assist on Carl Soderberg's second-period goal in that game, and also dressed in game four for the Avalanche. He played in 16 regular season games for Colorado this season and scored 10 goals in 10 games for their top farm club in the American Hockey League. The Avs and Golden Knights play game five this evening. Dawson Lukey of the Gilmore Academy 16U AAA team was drafted by the Niagara Ice Dogs of the Ontario Hockey League last weekend. Lukey, 17, is a native of St. Catharines, Ontario, and spent last season with the Lancers scoring 32 goals and collecting 84 penalty minutes in 54 games. The Cleveland Monsters announced the retirement of veteran goaltender Brad Teason on June 3rd. Teason, 35, played 328 regular season games in his pro career, spending the last six seasons in Cleveland. He posted a 2.10 goals against average and a .922 save percentage over 49 career Calder, Calder Cup playoff games and was a part of the Monsters 2016 championship winning team. Calling all women's hockey players. USA Ball Hockey is looking for players to compete in the 2022 World Ball Hockey Championships in Brandon, Manitoba in June 2022. Tryouts for the U.S. Women's National Team are happening this summer, July 10th and the 11th in Fort Wayne, Indiana, July 24th and 25th in both Irvine, California and Westboro, Massachusetts. Women of all ages are welcome to attend a tryout. Women's national team head coach Scott Hicks says you don't need to have a specific ball hockey background to try out. For more information, go to www.usaballhockey.com. Any thoughts on the uh, NHL playoffs? I-, I tell you what, I cannot get enough of this Vegas, uh, Colorado series, man. You know, that first game, six to one, I mean, it was just, I, I-, I was speaking to some other hockey people. Uh, during the game. And I, I was talking to a guy, well, I was talking to coach Watson from the Toledo uh, walleye. And he was like, I've never seen puck movement like this in my entire life. Well, then Vegas settled down in game two, game three. I mean, now it's a great series. I mean, even though I know last game Vegas, you know, got them pretty good. Uh, we were recording here on Tuesday night and they're going to play. I think they're going to, what time do they play? Probably nine, nine o'clock, whatever. Um, it's not going to be a six to six, nothing or whatever. Six, one drumming again. It's not. No, there's been a lot of good hockey and yeah. playoffs this year. Yeah, and I mean the, the other ones have been great too. I just that one just gravitates yeah. towards. I've been watching the Boston Islanders 
series. The Bruins lost uh, last night, but that's been real physical, real yes. good game, good hockey. Oh, did you say Boston lost? Oh. I did say Boston. Yes. How about how about this? My my youngest daughter, who, who just talked about the volleyball, the when Boston won in overtime, uh, what was that game? What game three? I think Marshan yeah. sniped from. So the goal it was line. funny. I was in the other room, and she goes, "Oh, Dad." The rat just scored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I oh I get it. Everybody yeah. would love to have him on their team. Oh, they, yeah, yeah. She, but it was so funny. She was dad. The rat just scored. <laughs> <Not a> rat. <laughs> he did too, from a severe angle. Yeah, that was crazy. How about uh, Montreal? Uh, of course, they come back from three games down. Or, I'm sorry, two yeah. games down to beat. Yeah, uh, they, they, the Toronto was up three to one and three lost to one. that. Yeah, they win three straight and now they sweep uh, Winnipeg. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, I, I think that uh, Carey Price just decided that all right, enough's enough. I mean, he's always been a world class goaltender, but I mean, it's just a whole different level right now. And and Winnipeg just was in shambles after not not because of losing Shifley, but it does create other problems mm-hmm. for them. So are, when they okay when they now come to the states, I, I read that that the prime minister gave them or not prime minister, yeah, it was prime minister, right? Now, can they? Does that mean the American teams are going back there to play? Mm-hmm. So they're so we're doing this. The series is going to swap countries, I think right? So. Yes. Okay. Yes. And the, I mean, you look at those games, and you got seven hundred fifty people in the stands, and then you oh. flip the channel to the Carolina game. Oh, it's and it's freaking or the Vegas game, and it's just oh, yeah. pandemonium. Yeah. That was the that was the interesting thing about you know the early round series is that you know you're watching all the North Division, you're watching games in Canada, and there's nobody there, and like you said. Right. They're, they're, they're revving up the horn in Vegas and uh, Caniacs are going bananas in, in Carolina. And you mean to tell me that North division didn't you, wait, l- l- let's get something straight. You mean to tell me that that was a game seven was the first time they allowed fans for uh, Montreal, Toronto shock. <laughs> you know how much money was lost in Canada and for those organizations based on no fans oh, and, and they're looking around the league going, Hey, in Carolina, they're like the <laughs> bowling for dollars at the intermission. I mean, what are we doing? Uh, it's just, I, I, I just, when I heard that, that they were allowing, uh, and which was great. They allowed first responders to, I believe is in, uh, in Toronto, right? 500 of them. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, that was a no brainer. You, you invited the, the first responders. However, yeah. Yeah, what took you so long? You guys right. could have made a lot of money. And right. then Montreal was just, bedlam last night probably picking their parade route even though they're going to another round and then uh burning the place because they swept and swept a team right dan what time is that vegas game tonight that game is at um 9 p.m okay and then love i got a question for you go ahead did you have any because last episode we had some nice um commentary from front of the show robbie Wooden. did he have anything to say after that four game sweep uh there were a couple things one was a pro and he j- pro uh was uh just that you know i can't repeat it but most of it but it's holy something did robbie come out last week no oh no we were just talking about him oh. dropped his name. Yeah. yeah because i didn't know i don't think i told you this uh he, robbie had a bet with another guy we used to coach with um i don't want to use his name on here because he hasn't given me permission but uh starts with a b yeah go ahead and uh so they had a bet. And so when, when Montreal beat Toronto, Robbie drove to this guy's house and made signs and plugged them into his yard. 
ha 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 leaf suck and, oh and it was just a, a bunch of stuff right yeah. so they've still been going on and in fact I, I there was a text going through uh yesterday and robbie uh, or actually it was it was today this morning robbie said so i have a question for you guys serious question uh since both of you like teams that are out of the playoffs or, or one never made the playoffs what do you guys do on off days because i need something to do he's such an yes and so i suggested watch who i believe will win we'll watch a game of the two teams that i believe can win the stanley cup and that would be vegas and colorado to which robbie responded with i'll just wait until montreal has to play him in the finals any or next round anyways Oh, what a clown. And one more series to talk about. A big game five going on right now between Tampa Bay and Carolina. And they never should have uh, turned us, turned away from uh, Alex Nadolkovich in goal, even though uh, Carolina lost the first two games. They're both two-to-one games. They went to Peter Mrazek. They won game three, but then he, he got he yep. six. He got he got smoked. So I'm seeing one nothing Tampa after two. I assume that Ned's back in goal. Click Maybe on it. Uh, you can find that. I'm uh, double box. checking that right now. Are yes, Nedeljkovic is back in goal. All right. So, so okay, do we so, get home in time to catch the end of that one or the overtime? So I will venture a guess that they went to Peter to uh, just get a change of things and and give Ned a, a little bit of a break. And uh, well, played well the first obviously game. game two didn't work out too well for Peter. Well, you know what? That, that scheme didn't work out well for Carolina. And that scheme didn't work out well for Vegas in game one. Didn't work for Vegas. Well, Mrazek won his first game. Oh, okay. In yeah, game three. Yeah. And then they, they stuck with him. Yeah. They should have gone back to Ned, obviously. But so see. I don't know. A lot of good hockey, though. A lot of good hockey. Yep. It's been good. And just to get you fired up, Scott. Um, Kucherov got an assist on the, you know, the lone goal so far tonight. So shenanigans, shenanigans. All right. That's well, that's 13th point of the playoffs. That's fresh. He's so fresh. That's why <laughs> he's, he's, he's so, so fresh. fresh, so fresh and so clean. Let's get on air with Pat Aurora from St. Ignatius high school, Kyle Bodos from Avon, Tim Pennington from Owen Tangy, Berlin, Steve Bogus from Mayfield and Kevin Brown from Toledo Whitmer. Let's welcome on air from St. Ignatius High School, Pat O'Rourke, from Avon, Kyle Bodos, from Olentangy, Berlin, Tim Pennington, from Mayfield, Steve Bogus, Pluto Whitmer, Kevin Brown. Uh, thanks, gentlemen, for joining us. Uh, so what we do know, and, and let's just get everybody up to speed, uh, what we've heard in previous conversations uh, about the multiple uh, divisions in high school hockey. I just kind of want to uh, start, and, and you know what, we, we won't – just jump on when you want to talk. I mean, it's okay if we talk over each other, but let's just try to get some different perspectives. You know, we had uh, last episode, uh, we had the gentleman, a gentleman on that um, discussed a pod tournament. And I'm going to uh, have uh, Scott Harrington talk a little about that before we get going. Yeah. Greg Gutterman from Beaver Creek um, laid out how they, they run their tournament. They call it the pod tournament that stands for post Ohio district. And basically they take all the teams that know they're going to take it on the chin in the first round of the district tournament. And they get together the following weekend um, and get some teams that are at the same, you know, appropriate competitive level. And they have themselves a nice little uh, competitive tournament to close out the season. Um, so there's a story up on Ohio hockey digest about that. And I thought that 
that would be cool if we could replicate that in different parts of the state and then maybe have the four district champions play an unofficial uh, division two tournament or something like that. Um, I thought that maybe more coaches might be interested in opting out of districts to participate in a tournament like that. But it sounds like um, a lot of, a lot of the coach, some of the coaches we talked to would, would, would rather uh, continue to participate in the district. Some of them expressed an interest in just skipping the district tournament and doing something else. But um, so that's the conversation we had uh, in episode 52, I believe it was kind of looking at the Ohio high school postseason from the bottom up, if you will. So let's start with coach Pennington. You know, we'll, we'll let you get uh, started right away here. Uh, talk to us a little bit about your thoughts and, and um, you know, a non seems to be a Cleveland heavy show, obviously with us up here in Cleveland, we've got some Cleveland guys, but what, what is the, the voice down in Columbus? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, there's a lot of different uh, voices actually when it comes down to it. I know when everybody looks back at the program, you know, coming out of our district down here, if, if we can just send somebody to the final game, you know, that seems to be like the, you know, a major accomplishment uh, for us down here. Uh, I was looking over the, like the last 20 years and, you know, I mean, it's basically Ignatius, St. Francis, Northview and St. Ed's are, you know, th those are the, the four major ones uh, when it comes down to it. Um, so, you know, not that a team can't come up and do it, but I know down here, everybody's kind of like, you know, we, we know the hockey hotbed is the Cleveland area and the, and the Toledo area. Um, so, you know, I think everybody's open to whatever suggestions to try to, you know, to, to make the tournament as competitive as possible. But at the same time, you know, I mean, everybody likes the underdog story if somebody could come out of nowhere and win. But I think we all know there's definitely a cutoff of some teams that have no chance of winning the state tournament the way it is right now with, you know, having all 80 teams or whatever it is in it right now. Coach, has there been any sort of discussion as to a remedy for this, for that, for the fact there are teams that will not make it? And what, what has gone on? What has been said in Columbus that has anyone kicked around an idea? I know up here we've kicked around about a million ideas of what is could be a possibility to rectify the situation. Yeah, I would say um, we've definitely kicked around at our meetings and we have our uh, district meeting next Monday night. And it'll probably be brought up again, uh, two or three divisions. Uh, for sure, you know, to, to break it up. I mean, um, again, if you really wanted to make it really top heavy, you know, you could probably get, you know, if you add some of the other schools, like, you know, U school or some of the other ones in there and, you know, you could almost probably have a top eight, you know, and, and division, you know, for the top division. And then you got a second tier and go from there, but that might be limiting it too much because i know those teams play each other a lot up there as well um but no the the consensus down here is definitely it needs to be at least two uh and possibly three coach brown you're in a hotbed up there in toledo um talk to us a little bit about what uh your th thoughts are and you know what the voice is going on up in toledo so from my standpoint i was at perrysburg for three years uh, and at St. John's for one year as an assistant JV coach and then took over Whitmer. Whitmer is a D1 school in football, you know, you name it. Uh, that is what Whitmer is known for, right? Right. Uh, so hockey-wise, uh, we're kind of behind everybody else. Um, so for myself and my program, I would love to see two, program, uh, two divisions, two programs, however you want to kind of phrase that, 
Um, and even my thought process is now to look into USA hockey and see how possibly if we look at leaving the federal, uh, what is it, the Fed? Uh, federal Federation High School Fed, Hockey. Yes, Federation, Federation High School Hockey. Yes. So that then we can possibly have that two or three tiered aspect of it and have some of our club teams. I know out in the Cleveland area, you guys have, I think it's the CSHL for a lot of clubs out there. Yep. Uh, the Cherokees just had a skate. So there were some kids from, um, is it Medina Bees? They had like a, a green M on their helmet. Yes. Uh, really pretty solid skaters. Uh, that I got to see when I was cleaning out my locker room this past weekend. Um, but for me personally, it does have to be broke down into two divisions. Um, I think coming out of here, playing St. Francis, um, I, when I was at Perrysburg, I think I got 17 nothing in two periods. A uh, few years before I took over Whitmer, I think Whitmer, there was a 24 spot put on Whitmer by St. Francis on their lead to the state finals. Uh, or state championship. If I, and if any of you coaches know that score and I'm wrong, please let me know. Um, but those games seem to be happening more and more here in the area as we only have 11 teams. Uh, and my thought process is that possibly in the future, we're going to have to combine with the Cincinnati Columbus area even. So uh, let's get closer to Cleveland here. And um, Stevie Bogus, uh, head coach of Mayfield, um, you know, we, you and I, and, and Lev, we've had these conversations as we've had them with Kyle and, and, uh, coach O'Rourke as well. So, you know, talk a little bit to, to our listeners and to us here, uh, Bogey about what your thoughts are on this. We definitely need something different. Um, it sucks for a team like me. I mean, I know going into it, I have zero chance of, you know, of getting out. I mean, there's a possibility maybe winning one game and then I go up against, you know, one of the big boys, one of the higher power teams. And it sucks because we know we're going to go down there, get our tail whipped and, to, and trying to run practice is the worst practice of the week because all the kids know. And it, it, it's not fun. And trying to keep them motivated to get a win or something, it's awful. So there's got to be a change somehow or somewhere. And, and later, I mean, we're going to talk about what what proposals those are, but I think you brought up a good point right there, Steve, about motivating your team to even practice. You know, uh, Kyle, you you and I, you and Lev and I had a conversation in the parking lot at Brooklyn mm -hmm. uh, after the game, and and if you want to share that conversation, please do. But um, you know, what? How do you? How did you? How do you? I mean, you guys had a hell of a year this year, and like you said to us in the parking lot, like. Is that even fun? Do you even like this game? Yeah, you know, and you guys had a you guys had an unbelievable season. Oh, I mean, I would I would say it was a buzzer saw going against you guys. It's just what it was. But going back what Bogus said, it's hard to keep the kids motivated, knowing the fact the talent level there's there's a different talent level in both teams. And I think you know I had a conversation with a families. Um, you know, how sweet would it have been if Amherst and you played in overtime for a Division II title? That would have, you know, and that's how you end your season or, you know, or that's where you go to the next round to the next region or something like that. I mean, it's hard. I mean, there's there's pros and cons about it because you, you want to go as far as possible. And this year was one of those years that our team was thankfully had the talent to go as deep as we went. And then, you know, some years like Bogus said, it's not fun to – 
walk into the rink knowing you're going to get 10 spotted. So, I mean, like I said, I think in the parking lot I said was it's hard. It's hard to drive knowing your outcome before you get to the rink for the kids. And it sucks, but it's also, it's always that Cinderella story that you might get the chance, but it's the stars got a line for that. What is it for, for everybody, I guess, you know, uh, Sully and I have been on both sides of this to to the win and the loss. What do you say to those seniors that just came off an excellent year? They come off an excellent year. They might've had a good run in their, in their league tournament in the, in whatever tournament they have locally. And you know, what's, what's that atmosphere like? Can you guys put it into, into words, into perspective, what that atmosphere is like for those seniors that just took off, took off, you know, four years of their life or four years of their career, their hockey careers to get to this point. And now this is how they're going to go out. And I think this is important that, that our listeners hear this because we know that like Ronald Sayers and Doug, they, they listen to this show. They've told us that they, when we had them on, they've said things to us that we're like, Oh my gosh, they, they listen. So, you know, voice what you want to voice because people need to hear this stuff. Whoever, Kyle, go ahead. Go ahead, Kyle. Yeah, I mean, it it sucks. I mean, because you don't, you don't, you don't know what to say. I mean, like, you know, you walk in, you you had the year you had like this year, and you know, how do you tell your seniors? I, I, it's almost like, hey, you knew what you were getting into, and we fought to the last minute. I mean, you tried to keep it at three. That was the goal. Um, you try to end the game, you try to keep it from running clock, but at the end of the day, you know what you're ending. So, I mean, speech was pretty much, Hey, you had a hell of a year. Just don't count this one. Don't, don't remember your end of the year season with a 10, zero goal, uh, 10, zero, 10 to zero game. So, it, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's hard to tell the kids you did had a hell of a year. That's, that's what I get, what I had to tell them, but. So bogey, how about you for being on the Cleveland East side? He, he's absolutely right. He said, you know, you just got to point out the good things to these kids, these young gentlemen, or in some of my case, some of the young girls that I have on my team, you know, Hey, it, it sucks. You know, you're never going to be part of another team again. And how do you tell you you know, how do you tell them that it's the hardest thing to do when you walk into that locker room after having, you know, very successful season. And even, even if it's not a successful season, even if you struggled all year, you didn't reach any of your goals. It's, it's tough. It's hard. It's probably the hardest thing to do as a coach. When you know, you're going to walk into that rink, you're going to lose by whatever, you know, 10, 12 goals. And you have to tell that team, you know, those kids that you formed bonds with for the last four years that, Hey, I'm sorry, you know, hockey's over for you. There is really no words to say to any of these kids. It's hard, you know, and that's the hardest thing. As I think as a coach telling a kid, you know, your hockey career is over. Right. Right. And so the, the one-sided games, it's not just the team that loses that doesn't want to play those games. Well, that's what I was going to get to uh, coach or work. Right. So Pat, um, you know, you, you and I have talked about this numerous times. So what, what's your thoughts on it? Because I mean, historically over the last 15 years, saying nation's high school has been very strong. And, and like uh, uh, Scott just said, you know, some of these teams, uh, like the gentleman talked about, like they go in not know or knowing that it's going to be a 15 or 10, nothing. I would hope it wouldn't be 15, but some coaches do do it. Uh, 10, nothing game. You know, what's it like uh, being on the other side of that, trying to uh, 
keep it respectful, but also trying to keep your team prepared. Yeah, you know, if I could sum it up, Timmy, I think that the best way I could say is I don't know anybody, player, coach, referee, fan. I don't. I've never heard anybody who's in favor of this. Who's in favor of only having one division. You know, whether you know, when I was earlier in my career, we were on the other side of it. And now we've been on the opposite side a little bit, but um, you know, nobody, nobody likes it. It's not fun. It's not. It's very. Um, you know, yeah, you're trying to be sportsmanlike, and you're, you're relying on teenage boys, typically, or a couple of girls. But you know, usually it's teenage boys trying to be, you know, sportsmanlike, and that can be shaky sometimes. So uh, you're worried about injuries on both sides of the fence. You know, um, it's just different from any other sport. You know, I think people can say, well, this happens in baseball and basketball, and that's true. But because of the skating element, which you know, not every person in the building can ice skate. You know, you can't just, we're not like football coaches. We just go grab the biggest kids in the hallway and say, hey, come out and try out for football. You know, with hockey, that doesn't work. So it's so it's just it's just a totally different playing field. And, um, you know, I I think we're all, I think we're preaching to the choir. I don't imagine anybody in this phone call wants to stay the way it is. No, I would agree. And, and, and you brought up a good point, Pat. So does these games in a state tournament that ends a, a career of a hockey player uh, that way, do you think it, it takes some of the wants? I mean, could we grow our game? And I don't mean grow it by like, you know, two divisions, but if we went to two or three divisions, could we grow the game where more people and more kids would want to play at the high school level? That is the whole, that is, I think the biggest thing when we talk to the folks down at the state is this is not helping grow the game. It's, it's like a, a lot, I think a lot of teams kind of point towards their, their league title, you know, like the like Baron Cup up our way, uh, Blue Jackets Cup, that kind of stuff. Like that's that's what you're really aiming for. Then you, then the state tournament is kind of anticlimactic after that. You're like, okay, we're gonna go and you know maybe we'll get win one game if we get play, play in the playing round. Um, so it is not helping grow the sport of hockey. That you want more schools to be able to, to go to a Final Four. Or, win a championship or, you know, make the sweet 16, whatever, you know, those things are those uh, benchmarks along the way and get some excitement going. Um, right now they're probably like, Hey, you guys are going to you know, get beat by 10 and, you know, it's not even worth going or cheer for you or that kind of stuff. So it's, it is not, it's totally counterproductive. Right. Coach Brown, you talked about in your area, you guys might have to, or I have to talk about it, but you only have 11 teams merging with Columbus. Do you think that, if we went to two or three divisions and gave uh, uh, many, many more schools the opportunity to win a state championship, that may grow your district? Uh, I don't think so at this present time. Uh, I think if we look to do some unified schools or where uh, I believe Minnesota and Michigan have some unified schools uh, or united schools, that may grow it. Um, but, you know, travel hockey is still pretty predominant in this area. Being close to Detroit, you have a lot of kids that would rather play that um, U16, U18 uh, full year round um, up in those rinks, hoping that one of the junior programs in the Detroit area or um, one of the OHL programs up there may spot them or scout them. Uh, so I don't, I don't know, to be honest, but I would, I would probably say no, it, it wouldn't. Coach Pennington, how about you? So uh, as far as like, if we would have additional teams down here. Would, would that, 
with that, I know that in speaking with other coaches in the Columbus area, that the uh, uh, travel program in the area, I don't want to, I don't want to speak poorly of them, but they are in a constant uh, battle with getting guys to play in their high school or play for the travel program with the yep. ability to have more, I guess, touches to a state championship. Would that maybe sway the vote that more guys would want to stay in, in, in their, at their local school and play? Yeah, I think it was, and you know, the, the thing about our kids down here who play with the tripway programs, um, you know, a, a lot of them, it's, it, it's their dreams if they think that they're going to move on. And we all know the reality is there's, you know, a, a couple kids that maybe have an opportunity and the rest of those kids are, I don't want to say they're there to um, uh, help fill the paycheck, but they kind of are in some ways. Um, and, but I'm not discounting the, you know, the, the uh, camaraderie they have with the, you know, the kids on their team and stuff. They do build lifelong friendships. Um, but, you know, that, that, that's possible. I mean, if you if you had more of an opportunity, I think going in right now, especially down here in Columbus, uh, you know, they, they know it's a long shot for somebody down here to, you know, to make it to the, the final game and then to win a state championship. I don't even know what people would do down here. They probably ought to pray. <laughs> It'll probably happen before the Blue Jackets. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa. I, I know, uh, believe me. Um, but I, yeah, I, I like everybody else. I think we would definitely, if we switched and made it at least three divisions um, and a few other people have said, I mean, we're not like any other sport. I mean, there, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, all the other sports have a D1, D2, D3, and there's the, even blowouts in those as well. Um, but you know, if we had something and it doesn't have to be cut and dried, you could have reevaluated re each year. I mean, it might be the top 12 teams or 16 or top 20, you know, we're in the first division and then there's 20 or 30 in the next one and 20 or 30, you know, from there. But I think that would solve the problem of making everybody's season ending at least more enjoyable for everybody that you have a chance to, to win one of those uh tournaments and you know you, you might have some more kids come out and play as well that's a great question uh what is the right number uh in terms of teams let's look at it from the top well first of all i think they need to be three divisions not two i think there's just three naturally occurring divisions um but in terms how of you, how many how do you guys look at club teams i mean i i am all for it because we have three club teams in the Toledo area lake Springfield, Fremont. So where do we put these club teams in and allow them to do um, some movement within the state? Also. Yeah, I, 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 I'm going to speak on this quickly and then I'll let you guys jump in. Um, maybe you, you guys will agree or disagree with me here in Cleveland, but um, I don't think like for me, I, I think a club team is a, is a really good option uh, for, for, for kids. However, um, I don't think it's, it's fair for them to be able to, go to multiple schools and play on a team and then still play for the state championship of kids that go to one school. So, um, I mean, guys jump in on her. Maybe I'm wrong, but it's, it, it would be hard for me to, 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 I mean, they play for a state championship, a club state championship, which they should. But if we're talking about Ohio high school athletic association, that means you need to play for your school. However, if your school does not offer a program, then you can play for another school. Like when I was teaching at a different school, I had young ladies that were playing for their local public school lacrosse team, but sat in my classroom every day because they didn't, we didn't offer girls lacrosse. 
But if you offer hockey and kids choose to go play for a club team and that club team could essentially, you know, just choose and pick and choose every, whoever they wanted to from each high school. I don't think they should be able to in the Ohio high school athletic association. doesn't mean I'm not, I'm saying they're bad. I think that it's a great option for some kids. However, you know, I just don't know if it, if it fits in our realm. That's my. Two no, I, 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 Sully, I agree with you there. First time you ever have Steve. Whatever, dude. <laughs> no, um, no. Cause this year I actually had a kid. He lives in the Mayfield school district, goes to Hawken and Hawken doesn't offer a program, but you know, I need a player this year. Talk to him and he's played for, he's playing for me this year, played for me for the next three years. So that, yes, absolutely. I agree with, but you're right on the club side of kids. They can just go and pick and choose where they want to play. No, no, no. I don't think club teams should come into Ohio high school. If they were to come into Ohio high school, they'd have to follow under federation rules. Absolutely. They could not play in a national tournament. Correct. USA hockey offers that federation does not. But right. all right. So here's the question. You go to three divisions. Maybe some of the schools that don't have uh, programs now, maybe they're able to. No, Kyle, you're shaking your head. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, I mean, you I mean, guys, you guys are growing like mad out where you're at. Right. Your numbers are growing every year, and that's fantastic. In Avon, Avon Lake area in Western Cleveland, and so could that help? Maybe a Medina. Where they got about fifty guys playing yeah. under their under their flag, so could that? Yeah, help but them? how many kids actually go to Medina School though? Right, that's the other thing. That's a good point. Yeah, you know, I had a, you hear people driving from Wooster to go play for Medina. You know, Corey Corey does a great job for that program. Yes, you know, people well, people will travel for an hour to play, but I think the enticing part of the club thing is there's two divisions there, and I can pick and choose if I'm in a down year. I can I can go get twenty kids. And, and recruit. I mean, that, that's the, that's some of the challenge with being a public school and hoping you're that pot of gold keeps coming every year. So it is enticing a little bit to go club to a point. Would I ever do it? Probably not. Um, but I see why some teams do it. It opens the door and keeps the flow going, but I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't want them in there either. I mean, you, you, you grow up in Avon. You, you want to play for the, your colors. You want to play there. I mean, that's what you want to do. You want to win a state championship. You've been in the, the community. That's, that's what the, this city is all about. So I, there's, there's pros and cons, I think, in both ways. It's the same thing, and I, I'll throw this out there too. It's, I struggle keeping kids from going to both ads and Ignatius. So – you know, that's where I struggle with. And, and, it, and it, it's the recruiting part. And, you know, I, I was on the side of that, that way too, when I was a young player. So I, I understand that part. It's, 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 I think we have a fine line for some of these public schools to try to keep the flow of kids coming in all the, every year. Um, but yeah, I, I would say I'm, yeah, right now I'm fortunate to have a growth spurt, but like right now I, I lose a goalie. I don't have a goalie for two years. So, you know, that's, that's the piece. And then the hearing down the street, they're, they're losing their best goalie to the club teams because they're picking and choosing players right now. So, and I'm not I'm trying to, I'm not trying to go on that club, you know, drama fest, but either, but it's just, it's hard. It's hard sometimes with some of the, the unknowns every year. You'd say that. 
But those kids that chose to go play for the club, they had played high school hockey, I think, before that. Maybe if they were, I think, I think the school they were at was a, one of what would have been a top Division II team if we split it up. Would they have had a better experience and would they be more inclined to stay where they're at? I, I think it comes down to coaching. I'm not throwing I, I, in the in the culture of the, the programs too. I think, but yeah, I, I it's hard to say. You know, I, it's one of those things. Is is what are you doing for your program to keep growing it? I mean, it's, it's just there's a reason. You know, Pat mentioned. You know, there there might have been down a couple of years ago, but now you know it's flipped. So you know, what has both of you guys done for your programs to kind of get kids to keep coming in every year or the top teams in down in Columbus or Toledo, what are they doing to keep kids from leaving or, or going to other schools? I mean, that's not the culture to kind of get it that way. So you, do you think that if there are multiple divisions that that would, I guess, hinder a kid from wanting to leave, maybe stay at their own place because they have the opportunity to win a state championship. Maybe not at a, at a and I don't want to use numbers of one, two, and three, but at a different division, you're still winning a state championship. I mean, look at football has seven divisions. Does seven look at their championship any different than one does? No, they shouldn't. Yeah. Kirtland still likes winning their. <laughs> they won like 17 in a row. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Keystone division two. I mean, yeah, I get it for softball. Um, they just, no, won, I, they just won another one. Right. So I, I get it. I mean, it, I you think know, if you had multiple, you keep kids. It's just you know, how do you do it? Go ahead, Steve. It, it, the hard thing is like you're saying, you know, I, you know, I'm a public school kid. I went to public school, coaching at a public school. You know, the hardest thing is, okay, we get a state, you win a state title. Great. Love it. No, don't matter your division. But now let's say, hey, I can go win a national title. What's better, a state title or a national title? I mean, that's, you know, that's one of the things those club teams offer. Could be, you know, it's a six one way, half dozen the other. How you look at that? What, right. what is better for you? So uh, quick question. Uh, this is going to go to Pat Rourke. Pat, you're on the coach advisory board, correct? Yes, sir. All right. I, I didn't know if we lost you there at the baseball game. Um, uh, ice cream and a hot dog, coach? Ice cream and a hot dog? Here? I got a plane flying over. I got Nipsey here. It's just like the old days, man. What are you sitting on the back deck? You're, you're going to the OLA festival, aren't you? And I'm in Maplewood, man, where I grew up playing. I love Across it. The street, Is this this hot stove or what do we got going here? <laughs> no, it's like, it's it's curious, man. <laughs> I got him right next to the WTAM car. Nipsey's double parked over here. <laughs> showed up from work, so. Uh, Okay, so uh, the coaches uh, uh, advisory committee uh, has met. Uh, they meet, you know, quarterly, whatever it may be. Can you talk to uh, to us and, and the listeners about what has been asked or to uh, the state of Ohio, and you know what the discussion is? Yeah, I will say two things if you don't mind. I want to say first of all, it's it's uh, uh, you know, <laughs> coaches are passionate, right? We, we and we're the guys that are sort of in the you know, in the trenches on these things, but I, I do wonder if, um, you know, how much power we actually have because athletic directors ultimately, you know, are our bosses and they have to sign off on this. And, and I think they're, they're a lot of times thinking about all the other sports that, you know, like if we, that's where you're talking about. If we ever said like, Hey, let's pull out and be USA hockey. That's easy for us to say. We, we all have to go to our bosses and say, Hey, here's what we're thinking. And they might say, we're not doing that because, you know, reasons x y and z 
they have to schedule, you know, other schools and, and girls soccer and other sport, you know, probably 32 different sports. So they're always thinking that way. We're thinking about hockey. So I think, I think we're going to ultimately have to get them on board. Uh, and there are no ADs that I'm aware of on our advisory thing. So we, we go in, we've gone in every year for like five years and going back to Steve Neal, Jerry was, Jerry Snodgrass was doing hockey. He was like, it was full steam ahead. And I thought we had a lot of momentum and then, you know, whatever happened there happened. I mean, Jerry was a great champion of the sport and Ronald's a good guy. Um, but, uh, you know, they do have these, these sort of hangups like, well, you know, you have to have over a hundred teams to have, uh, multiple divisions. And so what about lacrosse or you know, other sports? And so we've brought this up over and over and over again. Um, sometimes with, with a lot of hope, other times with not too much hope. We've talked about, I think three divisions is, is the right number two. I think it's something like 16 teams in division one, and then maybe it's you know 32 and 32 or whatever the numbers are. Um, but you know, we've talked about my hockey rankings. I think that seems to make the most sense. Um, whether you do uh, every year, uh, two-year, you know, sort of running basis. Um, if, I don't think enrollment works for hockey. Um, you know, it's overall student enrollment. So, but everybody wants it. You know, everybody on that advisory committee wants it. Um, so if it were up to us, it'd be done already, I think, for all the okay. reasons we've talked so, about. So how do, how do you go about then? getting the athletic director's voice involved in this conversation. Well, I'll be very honest with you. I didn't even think about it until, until we were on this podcast. So I think that's something that, that we need to look into before the July meeting. I think Ronald said we're going to meet again in July and he's going to have some information about, you know, what we've proposed. Uh, I, you, you were on the call too. I think I, I my uh, gut wasn't real good, on, you know, based on, I actually wasn't on, so, I wasn't on the last call. It was one of our last days. Oh, okay. So I would attend to something. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My bad. Uh, I don't know if anybody else on this call was on that call, but um, it just didn't, uh, it, I didn't get the warm and fuzzies uh, about it. I could be mistaken, but um, you know, it's, I've seen this movie before, you know, like we, we had Steve with Steve Neal. We thought we had some momentum at, at one point and just kept getting, kick down the road and then it would get to like July or August. And, well, it's too late for this year. Now we'll bring it up again in March. And, you know, it's, it just was, I don't know if it was a stall tactics or, or what it was, or it just seems like it's a football, a political football that they don't want to deal with almost. But I just think the sport's unique. I, I really do. I think it's, I don't know if it's because of the ice skating element, which is, you know, I, I didn't really think about that too much until today either, but just, you know, you can go to some games in the district tournament. It doesn't look like they're even playing the same sport. I'm really excited about basketball. You might have a blowout in basketball, but you could go, okay, this, these two are playing on the same planet. You know, sometimes our games, it's like, you know, you got a team, uh, the other team might have like six or seven players total. And it's like, you know, they're, they're playing. I've seen guys play almost the full 45 minutes or doesn't always go 45 minutes, but you know, that, that is dangerous. And all it takes is it would be for one kid to forget, you know, He's out there and he gets caught up in, and he hits somebody that, that you know can't handle being hit and, and now we got trouble on our hands. So it's I just go back to again. Nobody wants this. Nobody wants it. We don't want it. Tim, you guys had a great team this year. You've had great teams in the past. You, you don't take delight in those games. You don't, you're not in the locker room laughing about you know running up the score. It's you know there's no real nothing is being learned or supposed to be 
you know, it's part about education, right? There's student athletes. There's, there's nothing being learned. Really. Maybe you could argue if the one side, you know, shows sportsmanship. Okay, that's they're gracious. That's that's a good thing. But but for the most part, you know, it's it's you know, you talked a little bit earlier about preparation. You know, how it's it's not helping anybody get ready for the next round. And so I don't know. I'm, I'm at the point where I would even consider a double buy system where if it's if it has to stay at one division for whatever reasons that we don't know about, then those games have to be eliminated and, and maybe that way worst case some of the teams uh, get to experience a couple wins in the state tournament but, but you're still going to get that inevitable somebody's going to probably take eight nothing burger or something like that so you know don't get me wrong i want three divisions but you know it, it does get frustrating when when you know it's been years uh, we've put a lot of hours into this uh, you know i know you guys know uh rob gramps my assistant he, he's done a ton of work on brackets and and with all the Comp, you know, computations from my hockey rankings and all that, and sent probably a dozen different versions down to various guys in the state. It's, it's just, it's really frustrating. It's, so, so Pat, um, I don't, I don't mean to interject on you, but let me ask you this question. We've spoken to uh, Ronald Sayers and Doug Oot, and they have, and I know you guys have been on more calls with Sayers than anybody else. They don't understand hockey. They don't understand Correct. hockey. And to be 100% honest with you and, and, and full transparent, they have zero idea about hockey and how we operate. So if That's you're right. saying that we have to get the athletic directors and the athletic departments involved in this, and they're the ones that are going to be able to drive it, is it going to take the coaches to come up with a plan that, let's say, sake of argument, 90% of the entire state coaches board uh, – uh, coaches in the state rather could could agree to pitch it to the athletic directors and they're the ones who are going to have to put pressure on the state as far as the administration there is that i i, I think you're i think you, i think that we should do some kind of a poll of all the coaches in the state and hopefully we get i hope we get a good response uh, i'm just talking about like person i hope we get near 100 percent people respond and say uh you know i would think over 90% would be in favor of what we're talking about. I think you have to tee it up for everybody, the ADs and, and the state included. I think you got to, you know, just perfect gotta, it. Here, here's here's gotta, what we're going to do so they rubber stamp it. Yeah, you got to make it clear as day so that they actually understand. Because in, yeah. in our conversations with Doug Oot, he kept going back to, you know, like you said, there needs to be a certain number. Well, he said there's a trickle-down effect, and it affects this sport, this sport, and this sport. Well, did they check with everyone in the state about seven divisions in football? Did they check with every division or every school in the state on this sport and that sport? No. Why didn't they, or why may they not have, excuse me. That's probably horrible English. Stevie, don't make fun of me, but. Oh, I was about to that's that St. Ed's education, buddy. Yeah. I knew that was coming, but oh, here we go. Here but, we but, go. But what I'm saying. Heights high, heights high. But what I'm saying is, is it needs to be drastically spelled out so they understand that we are different than everyone else. Our sport is different than every other sport that, that is in the state. Not everybody can put on a pair of skates and compete for a state championship. No, here, here's and the, the other thing is, uh, if I could throw one more thing in, I, I think we need to, we do need to have, and this is nothing against Ronald. He's a good man. He's, he's doing his best. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's sort of thrust into this, but uh, we need somebody like, like a Dougie Hauser or Jim Cooper, somebody who's like, my thought is uh, a veteran coach who's recently retired, knows the game well, who still has a passion for the game. I would love to see someone like that be the commissioner of the sport. And then, then maybe we would get somewhere. 
But right now, they, they like Steve Neal wasn't a hockey player. Ronald wasn't a hockey player. It's nothing against them personally. But, you know, Jerry, I think, had a grandson playing hockey up in the Finley area, and that's where his interest came in because uh, he went and watched the sport and fell in love with it. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's how many other sports are being administered by someone who's never played the sport? I doubt many. But we're saying that it doesn't work. It's not that it's not working for the top teams or it's not working for the bottom. It doesn't work for anybody. Mm-hmm. So you would, I mean, is it, if teams did start opting out of the postseason, would that put any pressure on them at all, you think, or would they not care? I think it would, they, would, they would care because they're going to start losing money. So let, let me ask everyone on this, on this uh, podcast tonight, let's just go coach by coach. We'll start like our screen. If you had, if your AD gave you the the uh, golden ticket and said you could do whatever you want, you could opt in or opt out of the state tournament. Uh, what would you do as of today? We'll start with Coach Brown up uh, from Whitmer. I'd stay in. Absolutely. Stay in. Coach Pennington. Stay in. Bogey. I'm out. He he gone. You're off the call, or you're uh, uh, you're hanging out. I'm out. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna smack Westina. Kyle. I stay in. Pat, I know what your answer is, and it would be the same for me. I'd stay in, too. So, I mean. Well, Tim, this is what I was thinking about, though, before. The AD, you know, it's one thing for us to say we're going to drop out. Would we get their support when they are administering 16 to however many, 30 other sports that are involved in OHSA? Is, is it a bad look? I'm just wondering. We may think it's a bad look. And would reflect, you know, does it affect them? Is there a trickle down effect in other sports where it's like, oh, you're gonna you're gonna pull out in this sport, but not this? Sport? You know, I don't know, but that, that is a question I, I have. No, and I I, I agree with you, Pat. Pat, I agree with you. I just was I just was saying if we had the you know if they had the golden ticket and coaches were able to do that with the blessings of their AD, just to get an idea of who would and who wouldn't, right? Because we spoke uh, two weeks ago to, about the guy with the pod tournament. We talk about in a minute. Bogey, go ahead. Here's the big question. Let's go about logistics. Let's say, you know, I'm in Division Three. I'm up here in Mayfield, and I get a, and I draw a team in Cincinnati. Where do we play that game? Well, they listen, they, they, they do it. No, no, they do it in other sports. You right, I understand Columbus. that. Travel is not travel's not an issue because if you went to okay. three, if you went to three di- uh, divisions, and Scott, I'll let you talk about this a little bit, but if you went to three divisions, it would almost it would almost start like a district final or a regional final for like a basketball team. Travel so you, might not be the problem, but ice time would be. Right, if that's you look what I'm at it, if you look at the cost of ice time at 250 to I don't know what it's in the Cleveland area or Columbus area, but Toledo, it's $250 an hour roughly. Um, that ice time, because of the travel programs, the house programs, everything that culminates for our sport, that then becomes, I think, the problem of trying to schedule a, a, a D2, a D3 um, in rinks, uh, private rinks and or you know, your community rings that are owned through the cities losing money. Um, but you're, you're, you could, you'd be playing the same number of games. Yeah. You're not adding games. You're actually probably, I think you lose one or two. Picture the, the Brooklyn bracket, but just cut in half. One, it's, one of them is a division one bracket, bottom half. Right. That, that's, yeah. But what I like, okay. Here's the other question. Okay. We do that. How do I, that, you know, where does the money come from? I guess for me to meet the Cincinnati team in Columbus or them to, let's say Columbia, the Cincinnati team had to come all the way to Cleveland. Where's that money coming from? Does it come out of the school's budget or does it come from the yeah, but, high school? But, but Steve, where does the money come from when your basketball team makes regional finals and has to go out to Bowling Green? I don't know. I coach hockey. 
Well, no, that's that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, it's, right. to interject, the basketball right. team brings money into that AD pot. Hockey, for the most part, does not bring money into those AD um, money, right? So if we look at our ice time and such, I, our ice time, we, uh, for most of our programs, probably run a $20,000 budget of ice time, practice games, everything like that. Um, I don't know how much schools are helping out with various programs. I would guess that is a little to none. I don't know for you guys. I don't know, you know, and I, I don't want to speak for myself and everybody on this one, but basketball, football programs add into those, those accounts that athletic departments can continuously use. So that's where they're going to find that money. And whether that's fair or not, we have, those are some bridges that we do have to start communicating with those ADs and bringing them into these conversations. Well, let's go. Um, you know, we mentioned that there's there's a million uh, proposals out there, and uh, there's going to be a million. Bogey, turn your ringer off, would you please? That wasn't mine. <laughs> there's going to be Mine's a million. Captain Caveman, if it rings, buddy. <laughs> uh, because I'm going to be putting one up on Ohio Hockey Digest later this week. Probably by the time you're hearing this, it should be up. Um, but just, it, I would like us to be able to agree on at least the general idea of what we should be asking for so how many teams is the right number for a division one tournament i've heard 16 a bunch of times or 12 to 20 is 16 the right number because it's kind of a top heavy if you split 40 and 40 you know the 80 teams 40 and 40 that's not going to do it because the teams in the 25 to 40 range are still don't have a prayer of winning and they're going to want to drop down to division two so um would everybody be behind a 16 team division one tournament? I mean, it's fine. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think there's a, uh, you know, especially down here in Columbus, um, you know, you'll, a lot of times you're going to get a different team that, you know, comes out of our district in there. Uh, but there's other years I know, like, you know, orange had a good team last year and they lost uh, a ton of guys. So, they may not be good at all this year and they would probably fall out of that top 16. So it's almost like you would have to fluctuate at least part of it. You know, again, the teams at the top are always going to be there every year, but I think you're going to have some teams in and out of that uh, top 16. Um, and, you know, I think that's just going to be a way it is. One question I was going to ask real quick is that if anybody has talked to and Pat, maybe this is you, if you've talked to Salyers, and they talk about trying to be consistent with the other sports. Has any other sports come to them and said, Hey, we need to switch and have seven divisions or six or five, or are we are the only ones doing it because, you know, they may just throw that out there just because they don't have to deal with it because it's hockey. But if nobody else is doing it and, and we're the ones, I, I don't know why we just can't get it done. You know what? I, I do think, and I'm testing my memory here, but I kind of think that, I want to say that lacrosse did that, and I believe Jerry, this is going back to Jerry, said that they were considered an emerging sport. And I think that was the argument he was going to use with us, too, even though it sounds silly because it's been around for a while. But uh, just with maybe with youth hockey numbers growing a little bit, or I think he was just trying to look for sort of a, any kind of reason. But um, that that's in my mind somewhere that, that maybe lacrosse did it, and that was how they were able to do it. Is there anything that says you have to decide what the divisions are before the season or every two years? 
could you not use my hockey rankings and say, okay, on this date, the top 16 teams in my hockey rankings on this date, they're going to get in. That was in our, one of our proposals too. I think we, we had the same question because, because teams graduate guys and stuff like that. I think we had, I want to say it was either, I think it was MLK weekend was the weekend we targeted where we figured most teams would have, you know, maybe two thirds of their scheduling by that point. Um, it's not the perfect situation, but I, but I, I do think it's better than, you know, like you said, a team like Orange had a real good team this year, and then they, they graduate some guys. And, you know, maybe some teams lose guys to juniors and that kind of thing. So, create uh, a lot of excitement just, for the regular season games too, right? Yeah, as long as nobody uh, does what Tampa Bay did and hold out their best player all year, you know, trying to. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, anything. We we've talked about all kinds of stuff. Like I I think they should not set the final four pairings until. Uh, that weekend, the weekend of district finals, when everybody goes on to Columbus, I thought I I said, why don't we, uh, you know, have do like a draw down there and, and do something with social media, like put it on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and you find out your opponent that because you, you know if you play on Saturday, you're not going to put together a scouting report. I don't think Saturday night and then drive down to Columbus Sunday morning. So I don't think there would be any disadvantage to doing that. How about this? How about? Take you, I'll do one better the, 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 on a, a reveal show for the whole 16-team bracket. Like, I'd be down for that. That could be awesome. That'd be fun. And be like, uh, be like the uh, NCAA hoops, you know, like that, that kind of selection yeah. Sunday or something like that, yeah. Exactly. And one more thought. I think if you take the top – if we decide or can agree that 16 is the right number of teams – Taking the top four from each district is a little problematic. Would what would anybody have a problem or, or think it would be okay to have just the top six teams regardless, and then you're going to pl- put them in four brackets, but some teams might have to travel for that weekend for the uh, district tournament, which would only be two games. No, I think that I think that would be great, and I actually love the reveal idea um, again because you know teams change every year. So I know when we have our spring meeting, all the coaches will come in and will and pretty much if you're in the top division, if you finished in last, you move to the middle division. If you won the middle division, you move up to the upper division. But there's also discussion. Uh, you know, a team might be moving up and saying, you know, we lost half our team, so we're going to stay in the middle. So we kind of adjust it uh, on that. But, you know, if you guys did like the reveal, you know, that would be awesome. Uh, you know, it's just the teams that get in are the ones that, you know, are, are voted there. So you don't really necessarily have a, a number one division, right? I mean, it ends up being one at the end, but you don't have to say right now we've got 16 teams in division one for this year because teams evolve throughout the course of the year too. Right. Yeah. Right. Can I throw something? I know this is all goofy, but um, we've spent a lot of time thinking about this. So I just want to throw it out because it is kind of interesting. What, what, and we've all, we, I think a lot of us have seen this with various leagues we've been in, uh, you know, like the Red North and uh, GLHL, that kind of stuff. When, when you have a movement vehicle, what if, what if someone opts not to move up? Let's say, to, let's say someone qualifies in the top 16. Um, I'm okay. We can go, you know what? We don't want to do that. Or if someone else, maybe a traditional power, let's say, who's 
won a couple state championships and doesn't make the cut, says like, we got to be in division one. Like this is a, you know, massive disadvantage for us. Or So would there be any wiggle room or is it just like everybody has to agree top, top 16. You're, if you're in, you're in. I'm just throwing that out there just to play devil's advocate. Cause we, we kicked around all kinds of stuff like this as we looked at different brackets over the years. And, and I think for us, it would be similar to what we do down here. If you're, um, you know, 17 or 18 and you think that, you know, you've got just as much chance. I think it's a discussion thing and maybe it goes to 18 teams or 20. It doesn't necessarily have to be 16. I mean, maybe 16 is the cleanest way, but at the, at the end of the day, all we're trying to do is get a competitive tournament and have those teams in the top 16, at least have a chance to win it. Right. I mean, even if it's an outside chance, well, uh, because, yeah, I, I just want to add to that as well. Pat, you, we talked about, or you spoke about if you're not in the top 16, but you're, you know, you, your, your program has won a couple state championships and you, you think you belong in the top 16. You know, we went through that here in Cleveland, Pat, and you and I, you and I both know this. And the vehicle was, if you get, if you finish in a certain spot, you move down and another team moves up, you, you have to earn your way back. I mean, and I, I don't, if, if the number is 16 and you don't make that 16, you don't make that 16. And next year, maybe you do. But of course the, the consolation prize being, you've got a really good shot at winning a division two. Well, right. Right. I mean, does that no, make sense? I'm with you. I just, I'm yeah, just yeah, throwing yeah. it out there. No, no, I no, I know. There might be some, some school, you know, there might be some people, you know, it always amazed me when, um, there was an opportunity to move up sometimes. And I was like, that would be great for that program if they moved up and, you know, played a more challenging schedule. And they, some, a lot of times actually teams would opt to stay down and seemingly to, to sort of go 24 and two and, you know, build up a good record. But I, I always thought it was kind of crazy, but you know, every, everybody has to do what's best for their own program. But it, I, I think it would be interesting to see what teams would do if that were the case. Um, and I also would like to throw out there that, you know, if we did have some kind of like a double buy thing, that would be, uh, that would be a lot of time to be off for, for those teams who have the buys while you're playing those games, um, you know, those early round games to go, you know, two or three weeks without a game, I think would be um, a little rough, you know, now you, if you had games in hand, you could still play games, <clears throat> excuse me, but, you know, who would want to be the guy who lost his best player to a, like a scrimmage game during the state tournament, just trying to stay active, you know, that, that would be fraught with peril too. So, so I'm not a big, big fan of the, the double buy for that reason, but, um, you know, going to three divisions solves that. One more question before we uh, look to wrap this up. So, um, and what I did, I, and I sent it around to you guys and it'll, I'll be posting it on the website is actually walking through that 16 team idea. It's basically the NCAA hockey tournament mm -hmm. idea and saying we're taking the top 16, no matter what, if it make, if it's close, you know, try to keep a team playing in their home district. But if they have, for example, seven of the top 16 using my hockey rankings uh, from last year, seven of the top 16 were from Columbus. So some of the Columbus teams would have to go travel to a different district to play. So that's my question. And I'll, I'll ask, uh, Pat, I'll ask you, 
would you rather be a number two seed in your own district or would you see it as advantageous to travel and be the number one seed out of a different district? Well, that's a good question. I've never really had to think about that one before. Uh, um, because it comes, I don't know. <laughs> it comes up in the simulation. It's actually, since I got you and Sully here, the, from last year, the way it would work out, Ed's would be one, Ignatius would be two out of Brooklyn, but mm -hmm. Ignatius would be in the top four, so you would have to go be the number one seed in a different district. Use it, go back and look at the, the 1920 rankings, and it was Ignatius one, Ed's two. So, and that's going to happen in, in other levels of it also. So that's the, would you go to Sylvania and be the number one seed there, or would you want to stay in Brooklyn? And that's a little, well, since it's your home. Well, well, we're, we're, in, in, your yeah, proposal, in your proposal, yeah. do you have the option? Well, it, I'm think no, but you, you could give teams the option. But look, if you're going to come up with a proposal and this is going to go forward, it has to be solidified in stone. There's no, there's technically there's, yeah. there's, you can't, you can't waffle on this. Well, this is me, what it's going to be. Let, if we're going to rephrase the question, if we're going to agree the, to something, the proposal is that they would have to move. I'm just, is, would there be an, a strong objection to that? All right, Pat, go ahead and answer that. We no, no, I, w I wouldn't care if, if that were the, if it were set in stone, we would do, you know, whatever it was. Uh, I think it would just put a premium on like trying to finish number one. So that would add some excitement to, to the different game in the season. Um, I, I will say just to be, again, because going back to like the social media and that, which I think hockey, we're terrible at promoting our own sport. Uh, and, and I'm very old school too, but I am getting more and more open to stuff. Like, can you imagine if, if it were put to Ignatius, you know, here's your choice, you know, stay at Brooklyn and be number two or go here and be number it's almost like what I think what the Clippers were doing in basketball. It's like they were trying to like sort of look at the bracket and see like you know we're going to tank a couple games. Not that we would tank games, but I think that, that was happening at the professional level. Like we're going to do this to avoid playing you know such and such team. And some people were saying like oh Karma's going to bite him, and other people were you know praised him for it. So it, it would anything that adds excitement to our sport is probably a good thing. Um, and I'm going to throw you one more thing out there, and this will probably get me in big trouble, but. If you have three divisions or even two, there's no way that Nationwide Arena could host all three championships. So now you'd have to have other sites, which we could have, you know, certainly like Brooklyn or Tamil. And I'm just going to throw this out there. And some of you guys better not lie, because I know I think we feel the same way. But I think some teams would be happier to play a state championship game in an arena that feels full, where the fans are, you know, five deep on the glass and feel like they're right on top of you. Um, than to play in a in a professional nice arena for sure where it's totally feels empty and uh, there's no atmosphere. I think so that I think that would, I think that would motivate almost every coach in the state if if we were able to go to two or three divisions and it that means that it gets kicked out of nationwide. <laughs> yes, I think everyone. I think we would all lobby as hard as we could for that. Right. Absolutely. So I mean, here's here's the thing with that is and it was told to us. Uh, and, and through conversation with other schools that have made it to that, that, that game or those games at Nationwide, it's a Cadillac facility, hands down, no problem. Unfortunately, you can't yeah, use but you can't touch it. You can't use anything but the 200 by 85 in a closet. And, and, uh -huh. and, to, be honest, and to be honest with you, every coach in the state, regard, if you are making it to that final four, you don't give two hoots where you're playing that game. Yes. At. 
It doesn't matter. Agreed. It could be at the fairgrounds. That's a well, maybe not. So. Maybe not very love. <laughs> Why not? Well, let me let me throw this at you, love too. Now, what, based on what um, you know, what you guys are talking about, does that open the door for potential St. Francis St. John's championship game, or you know, going back to the old days where you could have Ed Ignatius or you know, two Cleveland teams, Shaker River, or, you yeah. Know, yeah, like some pretty cool rivalries. Like if you, if you could get the Avalanche and, and Vegas in the finals this year, everybody would love it, right? But so that's another intriguing thing about this, I think. Yeah, the you would take the top four teams would be separated, the top four in, teams in, in the all state divisions, rankings. right? In all divisions, right? Yes. Also, uh, yeah, in terms of you know negotiating where the games are going to be played, I don't know if they um, if Nationwide is contractually because that's in place for another six years, I think. Yes. Uh, I don't know that it spells out exactly. If they had the three games instead of two semifinals and a final, if it was three state championship games, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, I'm sure they don't care. Right. That was right. satisfying. Well, they, they can barely find room to fit to have three games there, and not you know WWE you know c- comes calling two weeks before we're, we're bumped, uh, you know, or John Bon Jovi or something like that. This happened to some of us, I know for sure. So there's no way that they could do nine. You know, I, I, I would find that hard to believe. Um, no, I'm, I don't I'm just, think I'm saying just host the champ, the three championship games instead. Of, well, the thing about that, yeah, we thought about that too. And, you know, pretty much, I, I, I don't know, personally, I like the, you know, you play your semi, then you play your final. So would you play your semi, say at Brooklyn or Tamashan and then have to drive down to Columbus the next day for that? That's a little, little weird. I think, I mean, I guess it's doable, but. I think most people would like to play it wherever, you know, have it, have it all in one city. And that way, you know, it makes it easier on travel and that kind of stuff. Do you want to really have road legs for the state championship game, both teams? <laughs> so why don't, why, why don't you play your, why don't you play down to your final four at an alternate venue? And then you go to, or I'm sorry, you, you play to the final and the week later you're going down to Columbus. So you get that, that week off before you have to travel. Option. Yeah, you could do it that way. You could have one one game on the weekend. So, all right, well, let's move on to this. I want to kind of go a little long here, but uh, I'm going to go from coach to coach, uh, have your final say, uh, anything you want to say uh, to our listeners, to us on this topic or any other topic. Um, uh, Kyle, we'll start with you from Avon. Yeah, I, I think everyone's – it's the growth of the sport. I think everyone wants that. Um, two to three is perfect. The top 16, whatever it is, there needs to be a change. And I, I think the state needs to recognize it. And I, you're starting to lose um, teams because of not changing. And, and, and you keep doing this a couple of years, you might start losing more teams. So I'd say, yeah, the state needs to get on board. Um, movement needs to happen. And I fully support two to three, top 16, whatever. Change needs to happen. So whatever it is, I'm, I'm on board and we'll go from, from there. Coach Brown from Whitmer. Two to three divisions is perfect. I think whatever we can do to solidify what we have and hopefully grow our game uh, is advantageous to our sport. Well, it comes right down to it. Anything else you want to add? Uh, no, sir. <laughs> I think you just called me sir. I don't know if I like that, but okay. <laughs> I did. I did call you sir. I apologize. <laughs> um, I guess I don't know you very well, so maybe he's that's... not a sir. He's not. Okay, a sir. that's yeah. all right. All right. Well, you don't say a word, Coach Pennington. 
Uh, yeah, three for sure, I think is the way to go. And, you know, I, I don't know what, I, I appreciate you guys putting this together. It creates more conversation. And like you said, maybe these guys are listening, but you know, I, I'm always one of what can we possibly do? I mean, starting tomorrow and cause like Pat said earlier, I mean, it goes down the road and they keep kicking it down the road and we could keep doing this year after year at some point. You're just like, look, we, we got to do something and let's do it this year and let's make it happen. And I don't know why we couldn't do it this year, honestly, uh, if you had the right people in the right room to just sit down and make a decision, because it makes all the sense in the world. And um, it's great that you guys brought this up. I would somehow love that this thing would move forward for this year. Even. Right. Right. Thank you. Uh, Coach Work. any last words? I think three divisions is good for the sport, good for the players. Uh, I think we should all, I, I agree that uh, we should take action. So I, I think we should all commit to uh, talking to our athletic directors uh, this week about this and, and so that we don't just keep talking about it and talking about it um, and not get anything done. Um, and I think if the OHSA, you know, isn't careful, I think one of the previous guys said, you know, you may see, 20 it would be embarrassing if 20 or 30 programs folded up the tent and went to USA hockey. I think that would be, we'd have egg on our face as a sport. So now's the time. Coach Bogus. Yeah, definitely. We have to find the, the right answer, but what is the right answer? So let's get it done. Talk to our ADs and we'll go from there. Gentlemen, thank you guys for joining us tonight. It was great uh, conversation. Again, um, as we, you guys all said, and we've said a hundred times, the conversation happens a lot. It's now time to start to get to a solution. Um, and we appreciate your time tonight to try to get to that solution. So, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, have a great uh, week and uh, we'll be talking to all you soon. Well, guys, uh, it was great to have multiple uh, uh, gentlemen on, on today and multiple ideas on what we've talked about many times when it comes to uh, different divisions in the state of Ohio. And, uh, you know, we had all sorts of different levels on tonight. And it was, it was, it, what was interesting to me is that everybody has the same idea, just need to get it done. Yeah. I think that, you know, we've, as you said, so we, we've discussed this for a year, almost a year. We've actually had these discussions going on for at least a year. I'm sure they've been going on for much longer in other, in other circles, but on the podcast, we've talked about it for a year, but okay, that's good. We're good. Enough talking. Let's do it. You need to, like I asked in one of the questions was, uh, you know, we, we, in order to get the athletic directors on board, you need to have a plan and that plan has to make sense to them. So a lot of athletic directors, no disrespect intended are not hockey people. So they need to understand why you're coming up with this idea and, and what, what, how the vehicle works. So it needs to be, it needs to go through the channels. It needs to go through the coaches throughout the state. It needs to show pros and cons. It needs to show a, a bracket, if you will, and then take that uh, proposal and go to the athletic directors and convince them. And from there, they need to put massive pressure on the state. Doug Oot and Ronald Sayers are uh, unknown as far or that they are in the unknown, if you will, of what we're about and we need to help them understand it. I mean, uh, the one thing we didn't discuss in the conversation was 
uh, maybe it was actually discussed. What if there was a person that was a hockey person that put this together and sold it to them and said, okay, here's the deal. Here's what you're going to want to do. Here's how we're going to make it better. Here's how it's going to benefit the state. Here's how it's going to benefit your pockets. Here's how it's going to benefit local areas in growth of hockey. Here's how it's this positive, 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 positive. And okay, we're doing it. Not asking it. We're doing it. You, you, you made a statement about unknown. Did you ever hear the Donald Rumsfeld? There are known knowns, known knowns, known unknowns, unknown knowns, and unknown unknowns. (laughs) Some of the people that we're dealing with have the unknown unknown. 100%. But they've been hearing from the elite state contending teams. The format doesn't work for them. They're hearing from the teams that are, you know, starting these pod tournaments. There doesn't work for them. And the teams in the middle, you know, the white division type teams, it's, you know, Avon would be, I would put them in that uh, category. They had their best season ever and it did not end well. And that's, it's not working for them either. So, I mean, you're hearing from teams at all levels of the spectrum that it's not working. Right. Right. So I'm a believer in the free market. And I think if teams start leaving for USA hockey or just opting out of the uh, district tournaments. That's, I mean, I don't know what, maybe that's what it's going to take. Well, I, I don't know. right. I agree with it's, it's too bad. It, that's what it takes. And I agree with what Pat said. Like if 20 teams just decide to say, we're going to take our ball and go home. We it's going to just absolutely ruin the sport of hockey within the state of Ohio. And <laughs> there, there may be some teams out there that are just spearheading that right now saying we are not going to continue to get embarrassed and, and, and have our kids not have a chance any longer. That's not teaching anything. So could you imagine if, I don't know, January, 20 teams playing in the state tournament, or I'm sorry, playing uh, the whole year, and they tell the state, we're not playing. I don't know. And then next year, next year they say, we're not even joining. You know, but Pat does, he, he did bring up a great point. You have a team like, and again, I'm not saying Avon would pull out, so I'm not, please don't twist it that way, but a school like Avon, who's got powerhouse football program, powerhouse uh, other programs, and their hockey team pulls out of the Ohio High School Athletic Association, does that shake up their relationship with the Ohio High School Athletic Association when it comes to football and all that other stuff? You got to keep that in mind as well. Well, that's why, yeah, I guess the athletic directors are the next right. group we have to get on here because um, they're the ones that need to answer those questions. Right. Well, all right, guys. Hey, we're back. We were here live again today. It was great. So it was good seeing you guys. Um, make sure you join us next week on air when we welcome the athletics, Aaron Portsline. That's going to be a good show with everything going on right now. Ooh, a lot going on. Baby. We're going to welcome back to the show, talk about all of the moving parts in the offseason of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Continue to grow the game the best as we can. This is On Air, the Ohio Hockey Divers podcast. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. It's not unusual to have fun with anyone. But when I see you hanging about with anyone, it's not unusual to see me cry. It's not unusual to go out at any time.